three, two, one. Welcome everybody to the Patriot and the Preacher. I'm Mark Anthony, your Patriot. Hey, this is Pastor Todd Coconado, the Preacher. Hey, this is going to be a great show. We want to wish everybody a happy new year. And yeah. uh, so we have a lot to talk about. We know that, uh, well, everybody's looking to January 6th, and we certainly are going to be breaking that down in the next segment about what can happen and maybe kind of what we think will happen right. uh, on January 6th. So we've got really two great guests. We're excited to have both of them because they're both very relevant. Number one, Todd, as we all know, all eyes are on the Georgia Senate race. And yeah. one of those candidates, as we all know, he's special. And I mean special special in a bad way. You're too so, kind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about, of course, Raphael Warnock, uh, the man that calls himself a pastor, the false prophet that's running for Senate. Uh, the reason I call him that, let's just, come on. Well, he thinks it's okay to, uh, to kill you babies. Know, the Bible actually them. says to call out, you know, those that mm -hmm. are, you know, false. So, I mean, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. We're calling yes. out as what the Bible says to do, Mark. And, it, and mm -hmm. the Bible says, you know them by their fruit. Yes. And we're not trying to be mean or right. rude or anything like that. It's just not a partisan thing. No. It's, it's the issues that he's willing to stand for, right. which go against the word of God. Well, actually, absolutely. And on top of that, to a whole nother level, if you want to uh, take a look at it that way, he then uses scripture to justify his ungodly stance. Which is what the devil does. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, and we've seen other members from that same party use scripture uh, when they needed it and twist it. So this is nothing new. But he's he's definitely doing that as well. We also have seen that... Uh, Supposedly, he likes to rough up his wife, according yeah, to some videos. Yeah, lots of reports seen. coming out about mm -hmm. that, which is very troubling, concerning. These are right. credible reports. It's not, it doesn't seem like it's a smear campaign. It seems like these right. are legitimate accusations that are now reaching the surface. Yeah. And, and then, of course, the other instance was the camp that he ran in Maryland, where, the, where he was arrested for obstructing an investigation. Um, so he seems like a perfect candidate for their side because it reminds what? me of the guy that ran for governor down in Florida. Remember that guy? Right. Yeah. That guy. Remember? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he almost won Todd. Almost won. And then they yeah. found him what with like cocaine in a hotel mm -hmm. room doing nefarious acts. I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, they, they, these are wonderful men of character. They men and women that they put up to be in office, which is, which is parts of the reason we are in this predicament that we're in, which we're going to talk about on January's what may or may not happen on January 6th, because it's hard to trust our leaders when they have no integrity and character. That's part of the issue. Yeah. Um, people are just furious. They feel like not only does their vote not count, but some of these people, and I hate to say it, even some with an R next to their name. Yes. Yeah backstabbing the president of the United States who, you know, at least 74 to 75 million people voted for. We think it's 80 million. Right. All the flip votes. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of people to be disenfranchising and turning your back on Mark. That, that is a lot of people to be uh, giving the middle finger to if yeah. you want to feel, if you want to be blunt, because let's be blunt this episode because <laughs> Republic is on the line. Our Republic is on the line. line. That's right. Our Republic is definitely on the line. Let's not, kid ourselves. And so speak you, let's just go back to that Senate candidate that we were talking about just to uh, uh, finish it out. So yeah. of course he, he can't be trusted with anything he says. 
Um, as a matter of fact, on video, his wife was telling the cops that he's a great actor. Yeah. So obviously, in this instance, once again, he's making something up, which they're always good at doing, right? They just they just say things. And in this instance, uh, this uh, candidate, false prophet for Senate, says that he has great ties with the family of Martin Luther King. Right. And so we thought, Todd, what? It would be a good idea to bring right. on Alveda King yeah. to, because she has something to say about that, of course. Because, spoiler alert, he doesn't. So Alveda is going to come on to talk about what the facts are. So he's trying to tie himself to a family that is a, fa a, a family of deep faith uh, that adheres to the values of people that follow Christ. And he, um, so he's trying to validate himself right before the election and the family is having none of it. Yeah, well, just like he's trying to validate himself by saying he's a man of the cloth, which is right. another another fake, uh, you know, uh, he's not, obviously. Well, you know, in an age where you can self-identify as anything, are you surprised? No, not no. really. Um, yeah. But I think a lot of people, unfortunately, are being duped. Now, first of all, here's two issues about the Senate race. Number one, they're going to be using the same machines, Mark. And this is extremely concerning because we already know these That's machines. That's comforting, isn't it? Yeah, they're already <laughs> deeply flawed. So we have to overcome this this, this mm -hmm. percentage of flipping, which I think a lot of people feel like, well, you know, is my vote even going to count? And so we have a major effort to get everybody out. In fact, I'm going to be down in the Georgia State Capitol uh, in the next few days. There's a lot of people that are going to be down there fighting and standing. Um, but regardless of that, there are a lot of people that are seriously concerned about voter fraud. What would you say to those people, Mark? I would say to those people, number one, it only reinforces what a miracle it was that Trump won in 2016. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I would say that the best thing to do is to either get involved directly in what's going on in Georgia or continue to pray, because that's really the best we weapon we prayers. have, to be honest. Yeah. At this point, that's our best weapon, because, I mean, the, the, the I don't even know the best word for this, but the lunacy that we're going to use the same systems that we know are flawed, not just flawed, they're being manipulated in real time. They can do it. That's right. Um, it's just really, it kind of, it, it, you and I have talked so much offline. We do all the time. It's really, it kind of, it makes you sick to your stomach at some it point. Does. It, it does. really does. When I you think, think about Lockner this. And Purdue probably already won. That's the whole thing. Right. 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 But now they're having to win again and right. uh, against a rigged system. And so then, you know, people say, well, Todd, should I even vote? Well, absolutely, because we're principled people. And sure. so get out and vote and do everything you can. And then to your point, at you know, we need to pray. We need to, we pray, need to pray that somehow God intervenes here and that our nation is not stolen. And by the way, what a travesty it will be if the Senate, the House and the presidency are all in the hands of the communists. Mm. Because that is that is exactly what what the end result will be should the Senate go to the other side. That's right. Um, and let's face it, let's be real. We've seen them already overreach while Trump was the pre is the president right now and was the president. And as a matter of fact, that's why we're going to have this next guest on because across the country, we've seen their policies, their tyranny decimate small businesses while walmart and the rest of them are allowed to remain open right todd 
Oh yeah, it's, it's you know you're not hearing the stories. You see some no. of the videos that have gone viral that Facebook and the tech oligarchs allow to get through, uh, but usually they're silenced, censored, and taken down. Um, but some of these people have made some really good videos where they've just explained their situation. Right. And it is so uh, heartbreaking to watch people that have labored for years to build these small businesses. This is what America is about, Mark. This is the fact that people could come here and start a small business and be successful. And now that's being crushed. And yesterday we saw Walmart come out. Now they're, they're backpedaling on this. They're saying that it was a rogue employee now, mm -hmm. but on their official Twitter, they were going against Senator Hawley, who's is willing to stand up in the Senate. This is unbelievable. And, and that's right. These right. Major corporations are crushing the small businesses and the local businesses. It's unbelievable. That's right. And they're celebrating it along the way. And we know that obviously they're the backbone of this economy. Like you said, that's the American dream. I know so many uh, restaurant owners personally that are suffering. Yeah. Their, their employees are suffering. Um, not just suffering, as our next guest is going to talk about, they're close to bankruptcy, um, and if not already done. A thousand businesses, we're going to, a thousand businesses in New York City, restaurants and bars are done. They are closed. Just imagine the magnitude, as we're talking about with this next guest, what that does to all the families of those employees that don't have jobs and those business owners that are done and are bankrupt now. It is crushing the American economy and the American spirit. But this guest is one of those guys that we want to have on because he's a great example of the American spirit, I think, persevering. Right, Todd? Yeah, he's a great guest and he's yeah. giving us some, some personal information yeah. about his experiences and people that he knows. I think we need to listen to it. Absolutely. So he's been all over the media. He was just on with uh, Fox Business and Maria, been on all the other networks as well. Stratus Morfogan is going to join us. He has a restaurant in New York City. So we're going to talk to him because I, I think that once you listen to this guy, you're going to be inspired because... He's not only persevered, he's helped hospitals across New York City and feeding the frontline workers, which is also Yeah, I got to say, the preacher and the preacher get some good guests, man. Yeah, <laughs> we do. <laughs> and this is perfect timing because with all the bad news that's happened in 2020, let's face it, this is one of those great feel-good stories. So I hope um, his actions are an example to everybody listening. Right, Todd? Yes, sir. Absolutely. So stay with us. We're going to be right back. The news is coming up and then our two guests. So this is the Patriot and the Preacher. Everybody stay positive. There are reasons to be. We'll be right back. Keep hope. Two. And we're back with the Patriot and the Preacher. So Todd, let's, uh, let's talk about Georgia again. Okay. So a federal judge this is so interesting, just so everybody understands, because not all the media outlets are, again, reporting the connection. Right. But first, you know, talking about an imaginary cabinet, there also is a woman in Georgia that most of us remember. You can't forget yeah. her because she has yet to concede from the governor's race. She still <laughs> thinks she won the race. Right. And that, of course, is Stacey Abrams. Yeah. Well, so interestingly enough, the same... Well, and by the way, let's just let's just add this. This is the governor that President Trump fought for. Remember that? Right, right. Came out, campaigned right. for. Right. 
and got and got Kemp elected. Got Kemp elected. Now the alternative was Stacey Abrams, who still thinks she's the governor, <laughs> and so because she really does. And so, as the governor, imaginary governor, it's interesting. Um, this judge that ordered four thousand um, voters um, that shouldn't be on the voter rolls in two right. counties to stay there because obviously we want people that shouldn't be on the voter rolls so we can keep voting. Right. Um, these are dead people, legal aliens, all kinds of people, people that no longer live there, whatever. And so the name of the judge is Leslie Abrams Gardner. And you guessed it. It's Stacy's sister. It, 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 come on. She should have recused. Talk about recusing yourself. No, she said she didn't have to. That Doesn't she didn't have feel to. That, yeah. She said there's no, no, Todd, you and I don't understand because we're in this reality. And in her reality, she was asked about that. And she said she saw no conflict. No conflict. But see, the media, again, you know, imagine if it was flipped, how the media would be reporting constantly, nonstop. But you hear crickets, Mark. Mm -hmm. Crickets. Well, guess what? Just in case we don't want to let's just make this full circle. Of course, she was appointed by who? Well, let's guess. I don't know. Um, could it be Barack Obama? Oh. oh, yep. Just in case you were wondering. Yes, that's. Yeah, of course she was. We have to say Barack Hussein Obama because that's, you know, it's. Hussein. And just so we're, that's right. So we got to include that just so we have the full effect. But by the way, at the same time, Stacey, of course, went on all just much like Susan Rice did with Benghazi. Stacey went on a tour of the media to explain that there's no conflict. And by the way, we're the ones, our side, that have committed voter suppression. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because oh. they always flip and project and it's always they what do. they did. And, and, you know, and we have the facts on our side, but the media is on their side. They don't report the facts. They don't do, do the investigation. You got China funding these people. More and more people are being exposed every single day. People are furious, but they don't know what to do now, Mark. That's the thing. You know? That's right. They don't know what to do. But uh, Stacey Abrams is in full control, obviously, of the state of Georgia with her rogue sister that actually broke the law because crazy there was already a policy in place to remove those names. Those names shouldn't be on the voter rolls. Obviously, they're illegal. That's what we call legal in the real world. As you know, they put word modifiers in there uh, to make it seem not illegal. Um, but in this case, we caught them so many times red-handed. Right. All the evidence, which we're about to get into, let's go to the biggest subject of them all, Todd. Yeah. January 6th. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A lot Ready? of people are putting their trust in Pence here, Mark. A lot of people mm-hmm. are, uh, why don't we talk about that? Yeah. Let's... <laughs> this is probably this is probably going to be one of the most difficult <laughs> discussions yeah. to have because yeah. unfortunately um <clears throat> when you look at uh the possible let's say decision trees if you will right. there are only as we know two things that can happen right yeah. yeah so first first and foremost um it all depends on Mike Pence Right. I mean, they're, they're calling it the Pence card. So Mike Pence could, you know, in his position, 
could literally save the republic. He could literally say these votes from this state are, you know, illegitimate votes and they have, uh, you know, alternative electors that he could then send. He could even, you know, not even do it himself, send it back to the state legislators who then could certify on the the actual um, the alternative electors, which would be legally correct, according to law, because right. of, because of the, the judges in the states you know, basically made legislation and they shouldn't have done that. It needed to be done by the state legislators. So it's illegal and that they could easily take back the power and, and easily change and flip these states, which would be constitutional and there'd be nothing wrong with it. It would be actually what the framers of the constitution wanted to put in as a safeguard, Mark. That's right. Then this is, as we've said before on the show, this is the final safeguard. This is um, it. And once again, they actually put one final safeguard in just in case, which has happened, that the Supreme Court hasn't already stepped in or the state you know, Supreme Courts, right? right. Which, um, <clears throat> let's all be honest, at this point, from what we've seen from the Supreme Court, Todd, there is a very low probability they're going to step in to change yeah. anything at this point in time, right? Yeah. We've and already there, seen- there, There's another thing that Pence could do. He could say that, you know what, we're just not gonna count any of the votes from this state. From and these six could, states. They could just deal, you know, both, both electors, they could say, you know what, we're just gonna throw out all this entire state. And if they did that for all the contested states, I believe it's five, then President uh, Trump would win because he would have, I think it's like 232 electoral votes over Biden, which would be in the 220. So he could win that way, Mark. But this is right. all reliant on the fact that Pence has to do this. And what do you think? Do you think Pence is going to do it? Well, that's a, <laughs> well, that's the seventeen seventy six question once again because just before we, I just want to point to everybody so you go back and read it yourself. This is Article Two, Section One of the Constitution, um, <clears throat> the Twelfth Amendment, and Article um, Two of the Twelfth Amendment, Three U.S.C. Fifteen. So that's right. The, the vice president being the president of the Senate has the ultimate authority on what to do, right? Yeah. So the objections being raised, he's got the ability to take those alternate electors. He's got the ability to say, I'm not certifying these five or six states. And you're right. Then it would go to that point. Or he can say, I'm bringing in the alternate electors and then President Trump then of course, is reelected. So right. and do I think- thing, There's a third thing that could happen here. Right. And, and we've heard about this is where uh, one congressman and at least one senator object. Then they go into the, uh, they separate by party line, go into two hours of deliberation, no more than two hours. Right. And they come back. Now, here's the thing. This is again, where it's so ridiculous. Here's the important part. So explain. Because the Congress, okay, we know is controlled by the Democrats. So they're obviously going to say no. Right. We're the go House, with, that's right. The House right, is the controlled. House. That chamber yeah. is controlled. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Senate, which is, is, yeah, I don't mean the entire Congress, but I mean the, the congressmen, right. you know, congressmen and women, but, right. but the Senate is controlled by Republicans. But here's the thing. Think about it. Mitt Romney, is he going to vote along party lines? Susan Collins, is she going to vote along party lines? Mm -hmm. um, and I can go down the list with all these treasonous traitors in the Senate that are, are not willing to stand with the president. Okay. Right. So then it goes back to Pence because the Senate only has, and by the way, Loeffler and Purdue are a big part of this too. And if they win, and so, you know, the whole thing is, is that we, we don't see, I don't see, I hope I'm wrong, 
but these these Collins and Romney type people standing with the president of the United States, Mark, I don't see them doing it. So in that option, the Senate is not going to reject unless for some miracle that they do stand with the president along party lines, which they could and they should. But are they going to do it? What about Hmm. McConnell, by the way? McConnell is the head of the Senate. He's urging them not to. Well, he's he, urging yeah. them not to. He's the head of the Republican Senate. So and before that, and before that, he congratulated Biden. Right. So, yeah, he's not really we can't really bet on him or expect him to be part of the good man. Because the, remember, the Senate was the Senate was supposed to be the uh, statesmen of the Congress. They were supposed yeah. to be the ones that we could trust with the with the constitutional process and to make sure they were also supposed to be a stopgap should the should the house be controlled by let's say the opposition party and they get crazy as they are right now because let's face it nancy is about as batty as they can come and so is the aoc so that's why this is really hard to predict and um but i will say this that i'm not confident at this point that vice president pence is going to use that power and as it says he can either roll over or uphold the Constitution. We hope he does. I we mean, hope he does. Clear. We want him to be the guy that does. We want, you know, I know a lot of people keep getting mad at me, Mark, because they say, oh, you, you, you know, you think Pence is going to cave. I would love to see Pence stand up. Trust me. I would be right. like, well, and I think he'd become president after President Trump. I really think he'd seal his deal there. But is he going to do it? That's the question. That is the question. And of course... We can't predict the future. Love to be able to right now at this very moment, but let's pray that he does, Todd, yes, because that is literally what what is needed to save the Republic at this point. We've got our guests coming up. Stay with us. We're going to be right back. We're back with the Patriot and the Preacher. And as we brought up earlier in the show, uh, pointing our, our eyes towards Georgia, one of the candidates has, again, um, said some things that just, in fact, are not true. He has linked himself to the family of Martin Luther King. And so we thought, let's check on whether or not that's true. We have our own fact checker mm-hmm. who's just happens to be a very good friend of the show. Alveda King is on the line with us. Alveda, thanks for coming on. Well, Mark, Todd, Pastor, and Patriarch, I love you both. And uh, I, I tell you, you, this is just the, the most appropriate thing to discuss today for me. Yeah, yeah, I know. And uh, and uh, I know that uh, <laughs> when I saw that article about what he had said, um, among the many things that he has said that are fabrications, we wanted to have you on so that you could set the record straight. This is a, this is somebody that calls himself a pastor or a reverend that you twist the Bible, as you know, uh, to endorse abortion. Mm. Um, and we've spoken about that before, but now he's taken a whole nother step about his relationship, alleged relationship that he has Alvita with your family. So can okay. you, okay. yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. I want to back up even before that when Congressman John Lewis, died, passed Mm -hmm. away, and he was being funeralized. And of course, Congressman Lewis, during his lifetime, supported some of the same liberal legislation that Raphael Warnock wants to get back in and strengthen and advance. So when Reverend Warnock was preaching the funeral, the eulogy, 
and he says, by John Lewis's stripes, or by John Lewis's wounds, we are healed. Ah. Now, Isaiah 53 clearly says, by his stripes, and it's yes. not referring to John Lewis, it's referring to Jesus. Yes. We yes. are healed. And in the New Testament, we are healed, we were healed. Right. So we are healed. That's right. right. And so that was the first thing. And then, of course, his saying that he's preaching in the pulpit where Martin Luther King Jr. preached, he is not. Martin Luther King Jr., my uncle, my granddaddy, Martin Luther King Sr., and my beloved daddy, brother of Martin Luther King Jr., and, sing, and the son of Martin Luther King Sr., preached in Ebenezer Historic Chapel, which mm -hmm. is across the street from the Horizons Chapel, where wow. Raphael Warnock preaches. And I can only say preach because he's preaching a false gospel. That's he right. is not serving his congregation. Yeah. He's fighting to kill his congregation. Hmm. He can't strengthen families by supporting abortion. That's not possible. Right. Yeah. And so he's not even serving his congregation. He's not serving the community. He's not serving Atlanta. And he will not serve Georgia in the United States Senate. That's not his intention. People need to know that. That's right. Absolutely, Alveda. That's right. We know, you know, we were just talking about this with our last guest. You know more about somebody, obviously, not by what they say they are or yeah. self-identify as, but by their actions, right? Yeah, by their fruit. The Bible says, by their fruit, you shall know them. And, and we're watching the fruit, as you're saying, Alveda. What is the fruit of this man's life? Actions speak louder than words. And he said that he was supported abortion along with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So they're not serving the public. They're killing the public. My boss, uh, Reverend Frank Pavon over at Priest of Life, he says, you cannot serve the public by killing the public. That's right. Why not cannot serve a congregation by agreeing to kill part of the congregation? That's right. Absolutely. He said some of the same words as you probably remember to the now Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. He, that, that's, it's absolutely right. He also actually said recently, which I'm sure you've seen, Alvita, that America needs to apologize for their whiteness. Mm. <laughs> you know, we, you, you've seen my book, and you know my book, We're Not Colorblind with Ginger Howard. Yes. We see color. Mm -hmm. We see color very clear, clearly as ethnicity and gifts from God. And right. Acts 1726 says God designs our ethnicity. Mm -hmm. He places us in families, but we're supposed to be one blood, one race, the human family. Yes. So if, if he wants the uh, Caucasian to community to not worship whiteness, is he going to tell the black community not to worship blackness? No, probably not. No, no, no. no. He's a double-minded man, isn't he? Unstable in all of his ways. Wow, that's so true. I didn't say that the Bible did. <laughs> That's true. Oh, God. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, we know you're uh, pressed for time today, Alvita. You're su super busy. How are you feeling about what's going to happen January 6th in D.C.? I'm just expecting many, many surprises from God. Mm -hmm. Queen Esther was very wise. She didn't go fly in the face and what will happen and Mordecai's going to do this, that, and the other. She just kept fasting and praying. Daniel, even though he admits his knees were knocking sometimes, that he was about to faint sometimes, but he decided to really trust in the Lord. The apostles in the book of the Acts said, Lord, behold, they're threatened, and right. you deal with them. So that's where my mind remains. And uh, early this morning, uh, I heard the Lord, and, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and as they're mm -hmm. communicating, but I just kept being impressed. 
Jesus promising, where there are two or more of you gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst of you. So with this prayer, Father, we just believe Jesus. We believe Holy Spirit in you, Lord Jesus, your son, and we believe you. And so even as we pray over matters that are coming day by day, we continue to lift up our eyes to the hills from which coming our help. Our help comes from you. You're the creator of heaven and earth. So we choose to believe your word, and we choose to fear not and to expect great and mighty things because mm-hmm. you are a great and mighty God mm-hmm. in Jesus' name. Yes. So I just believe God's going to do something wonderful. I don't know what it is, but I believe God will. That's I right. believe it as well. Vida, right. perfect person. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for God bless back. y'all. Happy New Year. You God bless well. you, Alvita. Happy New Year. We look forward to talking Bye. to you soon, Alvita. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you. God bless. That was Alvita King, one of our very good friends. Always good to have her on, Todd. Yes. Um, and that prayer, always beautiful to have her pray with us and the listeners. We're going to be right back. Two one welcome back to the patriot and the preacher we have a very special guest joining us as as we've seen across the country not only has covid ruined ruined the economy nationwide but specifically when you go to new york there are over a thousand businesses that have been closed there so it's decimated that area we have a, a guest that has been all over media recently on fox business with maria Yep. So it's Stratus Morfogen. We really are excited to have you on, sir, to talk about what's happened, what you've been doing. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I think it's a very important message that needs to get out. Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I don't think it's being covered by mainstream media enough. Not at all. You've, you, you, you have made some passionate posts on Facebook. You've been on Fox and, and other media outlets. Explain to the audience what your argument is. I know you're not a fan of the governor or the mayor. So <laughs> tell us, so take it away. Talk to us about what your, as you put it in your own words, your grievances are right now. You know, um, I've been, we were probably the originators of the 40 step safety plan. We, we implemented that back in March. Mm-hmm. As soon as the closure, closure happened, we knew what we had to do to get this indoor dining ready, because we thought it would be reopened probably April or May. And we put a 40-step plan in. We invested about $50,000 in uh, a museum-grade plexiglass dividing every table. Uh, We actually uh, have a biodegradable wrap from the dishwasher, the glassware, plates, and silverware are all wrapped before they go, even the napkins, before they go to the table. We got UV lights on every preparation station. Wow. Uh, besides the masks and the gloves and the hairnets and all that, we've been doing that anyway. We, th- we put a 40-step plan in. We even have little, we did it with Echolab, little strips of, um, they're, they're actually little detectors. And you put them on every surface. And when they turn brown, that means that, that the surface is not, disin- there's not enough disinfectant on the surface. Wow. We, went, we went turbo on safety. And it's not just me. I, I know my industry. Right. And, and, and the hospitality industry is passionate about keeping people safe. I mean, yeah. we handle their food. We, we you know, we're, you know, we, you know, we're getting into their, into their, their, their chemistry of their body. Right. They're trusting us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, I, and we, and we take that all the way through to something like this, where, you know, we're not, we're, we're not going to skim on safety. And unfortunately, I, 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 I am not into politics. Last time I voted was Ross Perot. 
I just don't believe in politicians in general. I just believe a lot of them lie. I was, you know, I, I, I like the non-traditional politician running for politics. Uh, a businessman should run politics right. because the biggest corporation in the world is USA Inc. Yeah, and it can't absolutely. be run by it can't be run by a politician that hasn't run a Seven Eleven. You know, <laughs> it, it, it just you know it's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, so I started you know, I started listening to Cuomo, and I said, okay, you know, he's saying fair things back in March. Follow the science. We'll get through this. And he had me, I, I was a believer right. in the beginning. And, um, and then I wasn't. Mm. And the reason why I wasn't was because he started to not follow the science. Right. And, 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 you know, and we were shouting out loud, you know, jumping up and down that, you know, restaurants are safe, restaurants are safe. But everybody, including the mainstream media, were like, no, they're not. No, they're not. This is the way their infection and spreads and this and that. And I'm saying, no, infections are in the home. Because if you think you're going to tell, especially now, if we fast forward to December, the mm -hmm. most celebratory month of the year, mm -hmm. if you think that we're going to tell people after they, they quarantined March, April, May, and June, you're going to stay home. And you know what? You're not going to see your loved ones and your friends for New Year's Eve. Well, you know, it's a big you know what, because no, <laughs> right. no, one's, lis no one's listening to that anymore. And, yeah. and unfortunately... This is where politics and reality have split apart. Right. Absolutely, Stratus. Yeah. Because the right. truth is, I'm watching, and it hurts me, but I, I'm, I'm doing it. We're seeing parties and, and orders coming in for delivery and takeout. We're seeing platters, not dinner for two, delivered to your apartment. We see platters and platters of food going out tonight, going out yesterday, right, right out Christmas Day, even Hanukkah. Platters of food are going out because, very simply put, I, and I live in a building two doors away from Brooklyn Chop House, and the lobbies are full with people with bottles of liquor with bows on them and gift baskets. Well, where are they right, going? Yeah. Right. Wonder where yeah. they're going. Stratus, what, what is the <laughs> truth about the transmission rate in restaurants versus private gatherings going to Walmart? Oh, and, and here, and this is, and this is the crazy part. This is Cuomo's science. Mm -hmm. This is not science that he can say, hey, you know, the source, the source, the source. He put this up on his little PowerPoints that he reads off of. Right. And it said, restaurants spread 1.4%. Home <laughs> gatherings, private gatherings, 74%. Mm. I mean, right. my 10-year-old my, my daughter sees that and says that there's, you know, we, home gatherings shouldn't happen. Well, guess what? The, 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 the people, the public, the safest place for the public is in a restaurant. Yeah. Because if you yeah. think that everybody's going to quarantine and stay away from their family after nine months of this, it's not happening. That's no, not it right. hasn't been happening. Yeah, We've lost yeah. touch with reality. It may have happened in March, April, and May. I did it too. I, yeah. I, I, was, I was quarantining. I was, you know, I was actually writing a new business plan. I was doing things that I was getting ready for the roaring 20s. You know, right. but yeah, this to me is a disconnect between between politics <sighs> and reality. Yeah, oh, it's so frustrating, Stratus. And we know so many small business owners, people in the service industry, the hospitality industry, and beyond that, that are so frustrated. They feel they're alone. As the president has said, the, the solution can't be worse than the problem. And that's exactly what's happening here. We all see it. The issue is what can we do about it? I mean, 
I've advised some people, hey, just open anyway, resist. I mean, what, what do you suggest that these small business owners can do? Because we're watching the Targets, we're watching the Walmarts, we're watching all these other places. It must be a really smart virus. I was just on American Airlines and there was people sitting on both sides of me. And so what is the deal here? How can we get around this? What can we do? You know, I just posted something on my Facebook and, and I wrote basically my experience of walking through a grocery store. Right. And then you compare it to what we did in a restaurant. And you know what? It's so, it's so in your face obvious that restaurants, I mean, I can't walk down the aisle of my restaurant, but I can start eating uh, apples and oranges in the fruit section of my grocery store. <laughs> you know, and on and on, on and on and on and on. You know, there, there's no, none of this makes any sense. But I will tell you, you know, and I thought about the, the young man in Staten Island that rebelled and said, hey, you know what? Um, I'm just opening anyway, because mm -hmm. that is the rebel in me and I really want to. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it's, it's a form of like dictator here. You know, yeah. he could just come and rip your liquor license out. And unfortunately, that's a lot of power. Because yeah, if right. I lose my liquor license, I'm just, I, I'm, the next step for me is bankruptcy. Yeah. There's no way I can open without a liquor license. And that's the control they have. And that's the unfortunate thing because he's not even going to the courts. He's just saying, hey, you know what? Right. I can take your liquor license. That's right. And, and, and legally, he can, without violating my constitutional rights, which he has already, he can take my liquor license without right. violating. Because right. that's in our, that's in the contracts we sign with the SLA. Right. You know, mm -hmm. if we don't abide by these laws, right or wrong, they can yank our liquor license. Right. And which if he is, does which that. Have, which effectively puts you out of business. That would puts be you it. out of business. Right. That's the power that he has. Um, and, and, and he knows it. And he knows that's why. What did he say recently? I, I received a bunch of lawsuits. Ha! He says, no big deal. He's not even listening. He's right. not even listening to it. I, I've challenged him five times from every network television show. I said, give me a round table with you. I'd love to debate yeah. this with you because I really yeah. need to hear where you're coming from. I knew your father. Your ex-law partner was my lawyer, Matt Cuomo. Your, your sister-in-law is my wife's friend. And wow. I still think you're the worst governor that ever hit, hit this uh, this hit this city, and then you marry him with Delazio. I'm sorry, De Blasio. It's a disaster. That that, is that's absolutely like a, a disaster. Nuclear, that's a nuclear bomb. Right. They have no sense of what's going on in small business. Stratus, have you ever considered leaving New York after all this that's happened? No, no, no. 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 I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm rooted here. Right. Uh, I, I do believe in the city. I do, I do believe that the people will, will come back. I, I do believe. That you know the, the city will come back. I'm very bullish on 1121, the start of the Roaring Twenties. You know, 1121 to 1129 to me is going to be economic boom times, and, and I really believe in that because that's where all the data suggests. But to get from A to B with you know with with these politicians making decisions like this, it's rough. You know, yeah, we're going to go through choppy waters to get there. It is rough. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's rough seeing what they've been doing to people like you. And it's not just you, as you've said, it's the hundreds of thousands of businesses nationwide right. that are being right. strangled by people that aren't following the constitution, that are really trampling on our bill of rights to, to be Americans and do what it, we it, want to do. You know, it, it's, and, and you know, the, the, let's just take all the business side of politics out of it, the morality. Right. Of, of, of firing 200,000. What did de Blasio right. say? Oh, restaurants are the last thing on my mind because we're rich. Like that was yeah. the mentality. I, what about my dishwashers, my busboys, right. my right. servers, my hosts? They're all out of work. 
Right. And you have, and let me tell you, you know what? If you were going to make this reckless decision about, you know, uh, closing indoor dining, why don't you at least wait till January when everybody's got credit card hangover? Right. right? They're, they're not in the partying mode. <laughs> right. You know, because January well, you know, is the one month. Well, what about those people? You know, as you talk to them, what are they going through? I mean, what are they doing? How are they making money? It, it, it's disaster. I yeah. mean, there are some, you know, we're doing everything we can. I mean, when we started this thing, we fed over 8,400 healthcare workers. I was uh, just going to ask you April. about that. Yeah. yeah. So in the middle of all of this, you still found a place to, to bring some light and help those people, which you is know, amazing. I, I explained to my daughter, um, you know, back in April, you know, when she saw me going to work. So she's like, dad, you know, why? What's going on? You know, everything's really shut down. I said, you know what? I want to be able to explain to my grandchildren during the COVID 2020 that, you know what? We did something good. And what we did was we started, uh, New York Presbyterian is about 50 feet away. And we started donating meals of 40, 50, even a bottle of wine, coffee, a junior's cheesecake, boss water, uh, a, a surf and turf. We made a really nice package and we would ship it over there not expecting anything. We would just we'd go through security. Security got to know us, walking it through to the emergency room. And this was early on in March um, when, I, when I saw that these healthcare workers are really the heroes in all this. Absolutely, yes. And, and then, you know what happened was, and I don't think charity should be exposed, but what was really touching is that they would start doing Instagram posts. And then one was like 30 doctors about 30 feet long with each with a hand, holding a letter that said, thank you, Brooklyn Chop House. Huh. And it showed all the food, like on a 30-foot table, spread out with bottles of wine, with cheesecakes, with lobster tails, with shrimp, which it was a beautiful spread. Yeah. And then the New York Post picked up on it, and they wrote something. And then I started getting hit hard. I mean, hospitals were calling me, hey, can you do this for us, this, that. And then simultaneously, companies like Cisco, J. King's, Pat LaFrieda, um, Junior's Cheesecake, Boss Water, After Five Coffee, Four or Five Coffee, sorry, um, uh, uh, Forever Young Wine. They all said, how can we help? I even had people saying, hey, do you have a GoFundMe page, which I don't believe in. I said, no, we don't have a GoFundMe page because everybody's hurting and I don't want that. Right. But, I, but if, we do, if we do open, come support us so I can hire some more people back. That's all I yeah. said to them. But yeah. all my vendors came to play. They're like, listen, what do you need? I said, I wow. need product because right. I can grow this thing big. And all of a sudden, they're sending me thousands and thousands of pounds of produce, packaging, proteins, fish, seafood, meats, cheesecakes, desserts, coffee, wow. wine, cases of wine. Boss sent 1,000 cases of water. And when it all came, we were up to 16 hospitals, uh, three police departments, and one nursing home, even on Mother's Day. We added that to the mix. And we did over 8,400 donated meals wow. um, that, you know, thank God didn't. We organized it, but we couldn't afford to do it. Sure. But with the help from our vendors, which was really, you know what? That made it all worthwhile during those three months. It yeah. gave us a purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's something I can say to my grandkids one day that, you know what? We felt we fed these heroes. Yeah. And then when you talk about the PPP and all the ones, the leaders that we look up to, you know, I'm not going to mention names, but they're public companies, $2 billion market cap, first ones to put their hands out for PPP. Well, those guys are the first to close, the first to lay off, and zero donations. So all of a sudden, the guys that I've read their books, and I thought they were the leaders of our industry, were mm. zero to me. A mm. Zero. Then they all got called out with boycott their restaurant names, and then they started giving the PPP money back. If I had 185 restaurants with a $2 billion market cap with $105 million with cash on hand, I would have made every one of those shacks. I would have made every one of those shacks. 
mm-hmm. into a commissary for every local hospital and police department uh, in those 185 neighborhoods. Yeah. But no, first to close, first to shut down, first to get 10, 20, 30, $40 million. And these are public companies. Right. That was the ugly side of our industry. And now mm-hmm. we know who our leaders are. Politicians should take note. Because when I hear de Blasio Cuomo saying, oh, we did a round table, and even the White House, they did their round table. I'm looking at everybody in the round table. Every one of them has a $100 million yacht. They have mm-hmm. a $200 to $300 million market cap uh, a net worth. And I'm like, you know who should be on this round table? The mom and pop that have a 40-seat yeah. restaurant in Brooklyn. Yeah. The, 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 the guy from, you know, the guy from Central America has a bodega in Queens, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, mom and pop right. in Harlem, right. you know, yeah. you know, that's who should be on there. You know why? Because these are the people that feel pain. Yeah. These are the ones that have mortgaged their home to open their business. These are the ones that can't sleep at night and they need action now. Yeah. You can't have a round table with guys that are living on a $180 million yacht. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, and, and I tell you, shit, some of these guys are my friends. But because they're the biggest, that doesn't make them the leaders. No. And we've learned a lot from even in, internally with our industry. We've learned a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Who, yeah. yeah, you, you, you can tell a lot about somebody by their actions, not what they say and what during, they're worth. During adversity. A- absolutely. You're right. That was, that's an excellent point. We got to right. support the local businesses, too. That is the key out of this. It's a huge takeaway. Support local. Support the small mom and pops, like Stratus is saying. These are the guys that need our help mm-hmm. right now. You know, make a change in your buying habits. You know, go support these. The big corporations are getting richer, but these are the people that really need our help right now. Absolutely. Stratus, you're such a great example of the other side, which is the American spirit. Thank you yeah. for everything that you've Thank done. You. We Thank you. really Thank you. appreciate having you on so that everybody could hear your story. Thanks That's for coming right. on. Thank you. Stratus. Thanks for having me. Stay it's safe been. and happy new year. Same to you. Wow. Happy new year, Stratus. This is the Patriot and the Preacher, and we'll be right back. Thank Three. Okay. And we're back with the Patriot and the Preacher. Uh, Todd, as we are approaching January 6th, I think it's really important, first of all, we want to thank our uh, both our guests, uh, both Alvita and um, and our guest that was on to really inspire us to do more than just be oppressed by those leaders out there that are crushing the American spirit as we yeah. speak. Yeah, and they're and they're willing to bear false witness and uh, unfortunately, um, you know, go against our constitution. Uh, but thank God for patriots. And yes, like Stratus is one of those patriots. Yes, Great to have him on. Good man. Listen, Good man. like you said earlier in the show, Mark, there is nothing more powerful than prayer. And don't underestimate prayer. You know, don't underestimate what God can do. And uh, we're praying, we're fasting, we're standing, we're believing, we're mm-hmm. contending. Right. Uh, never seen anything like it in, in all the years of ministry. So uh, we yeah. are believing that God is going to do something on our behalf. Absolutely. And you know what? It's in our history. It's in our heritage. We've talked about before, but it's important to remember right now, if you want to just make that connection, the amount of times that uh, our founding fathers gathered to pray during the Revolutionary War and all the miracles that happened directly after that. I mean, there were miracles. You know what? Just Just to say really quick, there was a miracle that was very close to what happened when God parted the Red Sea. Yeah, where, they, where Washington was literally about to be crushed and out of nowhere, literally, and it's been recorded by many people, 
a huge flash flood appeared. So the army, our army could be safe. So that same God that did the miracles in the Bible, as yeah. the founding fathers said, and as they said in their quotes, because one of them said, Todd, remember this, that they said, we do not believe that the constitution was an offspring of just mere inspiration, but perfectly satisfied that the union of these states in its form and its in adoption is as much of a miracle as any of the miracles recorded in the Old and New Testament. That's that right. is profound to say. They watched it happen right in front of them. Well, so I, right, and I bring that up only to say that that is in our history and heritage. It really did happen. And countless times after that war, we were saved again by prayer and faith, right? Yeah. No, God uses events like this in our life. How many times have you, you know, known someone that's gone through a tragedy? I've, I have a testimony like this myself, you know, right. where God got my attention and uh, it Mine really well. forever changed my life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we can see that happen with our nation where we turn from our wicked ways. We repent. Um, you know, I think many people are learning how to fast and pray some that maybe have never done it before. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're believing for a miracle. And, right. uh, you know, pretty soon here, we're going to see uh, what what is the ultimate outcome here. But, you know, right. regardless, we're going to stand, as I've been telling people, the church will continue on no matter who's president, uh, we will continue to do what we do. But we're asking the Lord for an extension of the reprieve, and for grace and mercy on our nation, because I, I really believe that the American church is not ready for the type of persecution that would come and could come very soon, Mark. That's right. And uh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. We talked about this many times on the show. We as a nation, uh, what is that? That's right. Reagan's famous quote is that we need God more than God needs America. Okay. Remember that? And if we ever forget that, we'll be a nation gone under. I think it's really important to remember all the wise words from all of these great leaders we've had in the past. Yes. And most importantly, I just reposted this on Facebook and I know you saw it, Todd. And so another amazing president that took us through one of the toughest times in our in entire history was Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And this is important to remember because we always talk about that God always wins. That's right. So before we go, I just want to leave this with our listeners, which is Sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side. Yes. For God is always right. That's right. And that's why we're going to go to him in prayer right now. So yeah. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus and by the power of your Holy Spirit, we are petitioning you once again today. Lord, we're asking, we know we don't deserve it, Lord God, but we're asking for extension of mercy and grace on our nation that we would have more time, Lord God, more time to get a, into a deeper relationship with you, more time before persecution comes to our nation and world, more time to stand with Israel and to do the different things that you say in your word, Lord God, more time to repent, Lord God, more time to grow in our faith, Lord Jesus. This is a defining moment in American history, and we pray that the truth would come out, Lord God. You said the truth sets the captive free. So we thank you so much for who you are, and we bless you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Todd. So everybody stay in prayer. Keep fighting for this country. Keep Make sure whatever it is you're doing on January 6th, to be sure to be praying that day That's because right. we need it, all of us as Americans that love this country and the foundation that it's based on, we cannot allow it to be stripped away on the 6th. And no matter what happens, we'll be back next Saturday at the same time to talk to you, to be with you 
and to catch everybody up. In the meantime, keep praying for this nation. It is the greatest nation on earth in history. I'm Mark Anthony, your patriot. Hey, this is Pastor Todd Coconado. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Be praying, and we'll talk to you next week.